I believe your your greatest accomplishment is the greatest race car drivers to ever live. Mark Martin, Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt Sr. They respect you like like Aretha Franklin, capital R E S P E C T. Mark, you got to know that everybody looks at you with just they're just like, "Oh my god, Mark Martin." When when did you know that that was happening? Is there a span of five years, was it 1999? Tell me about this respect that you definitely deserve. I think it all starts back from, you know, 19, probably 77 when Rusty and I uh, were racing and, uh, and learning how to race with Dick Trickle and Bob Sineker and uh tom refner and you know some of the legendary short track racers learning the code adhering to the code um racing with them and working in respect is just not something that you can you can't you can't buy it and you can't force it you can't make anybody do that you don't get it because you win you get it because you do it proper is that right I I think that respect comes through time and you earn it. I agree. And 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 it it takes a long time, you know, to build that and and that the respect that I have been given by the competitors has been, you know, the crown jewel of my career and it 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 took a long time to build that to where it is today. Yeah, so so glad to hear you say that. You know that uh, some people like to go no, no, but you know, Mark, uh, you and I know that in the day, nineteen seventies through the eighties, the great state of Wisconsin was the epicenter of asphalt short track racing, and they would they would paint they would paint a white line around the middle of the racetrack, and if somebody was on your outside, and and you moved up into that outer lane. They would black flag you. You you and I know that, you know, the great Dale Sr. also said, give me a lane. Give me a lane. And Mark, I, I know that you always gave another racer a lane to race you. Well, that was part of the culture. Um, you know, we were just very sportsmanlike. You know, we believed in may the best man win. We competed fiercely. Yes. But there wasn't any underhanded, you know, shenanigans pulled. It was, you know, may the best man win today. And if I got beat, I went straight to the shop. Um, And I learned at an early age when I was racing against Wayne Brooks and then later uh, Larry Carson and then later Larry Phillips and then later Dick Trickle, and then later Dale Earnhardt. Wow. That I could win, I could beat them if I made my car good enough. And if I didn't, I wouldn't. I never considered out driving those guys. I just tried to beat them, and I I had to beat them with a better car. And that's where I kept my focus all through through my career was on, on the vehicle. Mark, I love that conversation because, you know, I grew up with you and Rusty and Mark Martin. 
And that's one thing that Rusty, my brother, pounded into my head was quit putting so much pressure on your ability as a driver. You know, when we were kids, we went to the local go-kart track and we'd watch those go-kart go around. And we always wanted the fastest go-kart. We didn't say put me on the slowest one. So it was you and Rusty and Larry Phillips that said, you know, make your car faster. So I guess the question is, do you feel like some of these kids nowadays, not, not that there's anything wrong with anybody, do you think maybe people lost focus on the speed of the car? Well, I mean, it's just a different age in a different era. And these kids come up, you know, we didn't have any video games to play or, or iRacing or anything like that, simulation of, of any sort. So these guys, you know, from really little kids start racing cars, even though it's simulated. Um, and they evolve right into the driver's seat of a race car. And it's just, that's different. And it's not all bad. I might have been a better driver if I would have put a little bit of emphasis on myself, but I never thought about it. You know, I mean, I just did what I did and I drove like I drove and I tried to learn and improve. But if I, you know, who knows if I would have studied the craft even harder than, than I did, uh, you know, in a similar way that I did the car side of it and the the hardware side of it who knows it could have even possibly been better but today you know most drivers don't know anything about their cars and that's okay i mean there's engineers and there's a team of people behind them to make them go when you and i got started racing it was it was us it was was up to us there was (laughs) nobody there was nobody around us that was more knowledgeable about those cars than than we were i always said all you needed was somebody to tell mark martin when to pit he'd set his own race car up (laughs) (laughs) well we all i mean you too you worked on race cars way before you ever started racing kenny and um you know that's just that you know that that's just the, the part of it we 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 studied the cars and we knew that if we made our cars better Heck, man, I paid attention. I, I, You know, you'd have a guy who ran in the back all the time, and all of a sudden he's running mid-pack, and I'd be he's over there and go around his car. Not that he would ever outrun me, but he's done something to improve his deal. Let me see what that is. You know, and, and those are secrets now uh, that, you know, you, you can't, it's as much diff- more difficult to look at other people's stuff as it was, you know, when we came up. Hey, R- Rusty and I would tell each other what we had in our cars all the way through his final year. And in, in uh, you know, in 85, I mean, 05, 85, 05. Yeah. Rusty's last year, 05 or 06. I forgot to. Yeah, I think it's 05. <laughs> it's been I a long was- time. Yeah, I think it was 2005. So, you know, all through our careers, if we weren't running worth a damn, we could go see each other and say, look, man, I ain't running worth a damn. What do you got? You teammates. What do you got? Yeah. And Rusty would always tell me, 
and uh, and I you're would always tell him, Roush, he's driving for Penske, and you're sharing exact truth information. Yeah, you know, and and the thing about my relationship with Rusty was so cool because I I came to uh, Lake what Lake Hill Speedway? Yeah, Valley Park, Missouri. It, yeah, in seventy. Yeah, I remember. Seven, I think it was. I was yep. going somewhere, and, and I stopped. stopped in there to watch him race, and he was so damn excited. Oh, we uh, all were. Mark Martin it, it was there. It, it, it shocked the whole racetrack. Well, this guy came over and said, Rusty, how much toe out you run? He said, I run five-eighths in. What? I, you know, of course he was lying to the guy. <laughs> and, but he never lied to me. Yeah. Ever. So that was uh, that was a, a really strong bond because I appreciated that. Um, that night he was running second to Gettelmeyer and uh, Gettelmeyer. Yeah, he run he he spun his ass out. To get you remember win. that damn name? Rusty spun Lynn out because you were there. He wanted That's to exactly right. <laughs> but he spun Lynn out and you're like, what'd you do that for? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Mark, listen, this this is the Kenny conversation. It's not an interview. We're discussing. So you kind of led me in this area. There's no doubt in my mind that you were in, in my era. Uh, I was born in 1963. You were the first driver I ever witnessed in my life to come along at like 12, 14 years old. You were running Argo and ASA at 15 years old and winning the biggest races of all time. What was it like for you to be in a child and winning these 400 lap races? What do you remember about that? Well, to get accurate, dead on accurate, you know, I was running art go races in, at, at, at 18, 18. Uh, but I was 110 pounds and looked 10. You did. <laughs> and that was a, 18 was a big, big, big deal. Back then back then it's it's old now but back then it was you know i mean it, people were losing their mind because this kid you know was was racing with these hot dogs and every once in a while we beat him you know we beat uh we beat larry uh several times at springfield at the fairgrounds which was a huge deal rusty beat, rusty beat us larry and i uh a few times as well larry got his share um as well but uh, you know that's kind of where it started when 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 i was able to beat larry at springfield that was a big deal in 76 i was still running my late model and dirt car and i went to bolivar for a big race and they had a bounty on ken essery and no, 55 yes sir and i had to make my way into the race through the c then the b then the a and I didn't know how to run dry slick because it was mud tracks and clay back where I came from. And we uh, started the back. I hugged the bottom. There's moisture there. Everybody's running the black. I just passed some cars, passing car. When the checkered flag came out, I didn't even know I won. Oh, my. You were so focused. Yeah, I won the race. And Ken, I think, from looking back on it, I think Ken runs second. But, you know, there were goals. You know, there were there were legends in that race and I was 17 years old and didn't have a clue. Good thing but you didn't know who they were. I hardly, 
I hardly I think knew. It's a good thing. Yeah, I had heard of Ken Essery, but anyway, that was a huge win in my career. Uh, and then the following year, you know, we 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 managed to beat Larry a, a few times, and then we, you know, and and I believe it's around September. Uh, they had the national short track championship at Rockford, Illinois. Mm. And we thought, well, let's go from Batesville up to the national short track championship. We'll get to race with the greatest in the nation. And you did. And we, and, and, and we set second fast time, triples fast time. We were second fast time and all the legends. I look back, you know, that's 1977. All the legends were there. All the short track legends were there. And I had some help, in, and they inverted 12 cars and 200 lapper. And I had some help in the race. Uh, some of the, uh, uh, a few of the hot dogs had some problems. But we won that race. And we had no idea. And if you want to know what the biggest win of my career is, that contends for the biggest win of my career. It was unbelievable. We had no idea we could do something like that. And so, you know, that just, you know, that, that sort of went along with picking up other, other wins and, you know, winning ASA races. It was 78 before I won ASA race. I won the championship too in 78 um, at 19 years old. And that might as well have been 12, you know, back then people, you know, and all of that stuff just continued to springboard me toward NASCAR. And, uh, you know, in 1980, we won our third ASA championship in a row and had incredible. the had the most incredible season you could have ever had with a car, with a revolutionary car that Ray Dillon and I designed together that everybody had to have. I mean, your brother had to buy one. Dick Triple had about, you know. Every, I got every, one in 1986. They're the best. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everybody had to have one. It was unbelievable. But anyway, after that year, it was like, dude, I got to, it's, it's time to make the spring. You know, it's time to take the steps. So we just, uh, you know, it, it was it, like climbing a ladder or climbing a, a set of stairs. It was one rung at a time, just like the respect. It was gained just, you know, an ounce at a time until it finally added up to, you know, a pound.